0: I'm part this morning of a series, uh, "Be Crazy Rich." And um, we're called to dream crazy dreams, big dreams. We're called to engage in a uh, a God who is crazy, big. With love and compassion and mercy, he's got an incredible vision for lives. Let's, let's hey, it's all right to celebrate God in this place. I, I, I tell you, I am so convinced. Right that if if we're having a hard time tapping into the crazy big dreams, it's not about going further into ourselves. It's about going deeper into God right it 's about going deeper into God because the the dreams the the purpose the potential that we have that he has for us it 's held in him and, and so a series like this i think is so important in a in a place like this in a community like this because it 's designed to to reinforce something that I think every heart knows and and, and to reinforce a, a voice that we hear i I have a purpose in my life i was made for something, there's, there's more, there's higher, there's deeper, there's a greater purpose and meaning and impact. And so I'm thrilled about this series and for me to be able to share about service. I'm here this morning because of your generosity. I'm here this morning because in a time last year when you were encouraged to give big, to be, to be rich in good works, to be rich in giving, to be rich in service, you said yes to that call. You said yes to that call. I had no idea that you were responding. I didn't know that out of your response, something would be provided that I would need. But you did. You you actually gave over and beyond what was expected. I'm just gonna pause there. That's a great chance. I heard an amen. That's a great chance for an amen. That's a great chance for a clap. You gave over and above what was expected. Because God knew if you would respond in that heart, that there was something that would be needed that you would be able to step up and say yes to. And so from that over and above, you were able to give $20,000 to Sonoma County Churches United Relief in our hour of need when the fires devastated our community. It's the most destructive wildfire in California history. In a matter of hours, 24 lives were lost and 5,300, 5,300 homes were destroyed. Entire neighborhoods gone. The house I lived in before I met my wife, I, I went back, it was burned, and I had to look at the street number. I lived there for four or five years, I had to look at the street number because I didn't even recognize the neighborhood, it was just Gone. And your giving, your generosity is, has made it possible for the church to respond in, a, in an incredible hour of need and to be that salt and light that Jesus said that we would be. I got a, a picture. It's a collage. It's from just over a year ago. This was taken on October 11th. The fires were still burning in our community. And, and you got to understand when the, the fires hit, it was just absolute chaos. not everyone lost their home. Santa Rosa is actually the fifth largest city in the Bay Area. You might not know that. It goes, uh, I think, San Jose, San Francisco, Oakland, Fremont, Santa Rosa. So um, not everyone lost their home, but it it just turned our city and community upside down. And, and the church was there to respond right away. I mean, just story after story, I think about um, the, the fact that um, dozens and dozens of churches opened their doors and became shelters for just uh, people who um, lost their homes people who didn 't know where to go they, they went to the church and the church opened their doors for them and generously uh, provided for them food and clothing and drink and diapers for their their baby and formula and and um, and, and someone to pray with them and transportation help and 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 just what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? We're here for you, right? Just that, that comfort and practical support and service. And after doing that for a couple of days, we recognize we're all doing what we can, where we are with what we have. But, but this is bigger than we're just going to be able to do by ourselves. And so we gathered, we came together as this meeting, my life ch- changed forever. I got hired for Sonoma County Churches United Relief, kind of right there. I mean, we didn't talk, sign a contract or talk about terms, but But we recognize, I was called for such a time as this, right? It's those moments, right? Where you just know, okay, God, this is what it's about. This is a crazy, rich, big thing that you've just called me into. And uh, shortly after that, I I met Pastor Herman and uh, received the generosity of of this community. Uh, I've prepared some slides and things, but uh, I'm just thinking, you know, in the context of when we open the scripture, and, and let's do that right now. Uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 18. I'm gonna invite you to stand. We're just gonna honor the word of God as we read out this verse. It's central to uh, our series, Be Crazy Rich series. And uh, let me just read this out. It says, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always, say always. Always, always being ready To share with others. God, we just pray that you would allow uh, this verse, these words, this morning to do a work in our hearts. To, to plant a seed of generosity, to plant a seed of service, to plant a seed of love that will grow up and blossom in particular lives, and particular circumstances, to give you glory and, and to bring change. God, we know that you have incredible love for the communities that we're here from, for the, for the families, God, for, for the people that are here. And we pray that this morning, that love would be multiplied, that you would connect us with your crazy rich dreams, with your love, and that you would allow us to fulfill this verse, Lord, uh, of generosity and giving and service and love. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So um, I want to just take a few minutes and share with you some stories. Is that okay? Just some stories of what's happened uh, in the the past year. you know we uh, understood that this was a critical moment in our community and for our community. And and there's something that happens. Uh, in fact, we're uh, just we just marked 30 years since the Loma Prieta earthquake. Is that right? And many here in this room probably remember that. And and when something like that happens, there's just a, a, an immediate response in the community across age, across ethnicity. Uh, across what part of town you're from, across income and education, across political parties, across faith. Everybody responds in the moment. Right. Everyone responds in the moment. It wasn't just the church. I'm grateful that the church responded in the way that it did, but it wasn't just the church, and we recognize... That this was a moment of opportunity where things were going to be defined for our community and for its future. Because you know there's those moments, those are serious moments in life that, that happen. And you understand there's choices that will be made in this moment that will send ripple effects out far beyond just, you know, what, what has been the case. And that's the type of moment. We're in a defining moment in Sonoma County, and your gifts have, have helped us in that way. And so immediately, we began just to, to like I said, reach out to fire survivors. And, and the counsel that we received as we were beginning to care for people was to remember that this was going to be a long-term journey. This is one of the, the toughest things about, about service. I'm going to talk about three components of service that I think are really significant this morning, if I can. The one is the fact that we would be interruptible. One of the incredible um, reflections of biblical service, of, of the type of service that that uh, Jesus intends for the church, the type of service that NBCC values, right? This isn't this, uh, this campaign isn't just about checking a box. We're going to do something nice, right? This is about we're going to live out our values into the community. And there's opportunities to serve every day for most people. There's opportunities to serve every day. And some of you, we got to understand, right, that we don't know what's going on in the lives often of the people that we're in the grocery store line with, right? Or the, the person that... Uh, that you know, we're picking up our, our kids next to. We don't know what's there. We don't know the need that's there. It's not as obvious. See, when the fires hit, the need was obvious. But the day before the fires hit, there were families in crisis in my community, right? There, there were people contemplating, you know, shutting down the family business. There were couples contemplating, you know, moving to different homes. There were, you know, there's crisis going on in our community all the time, right. And so that service has to be that value where we are interruptible. I'll remind you that one of the most uh, powerful and and notable passages about service in the scripture is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And and we got to understand that that Samaritan wasn't going looking for a guy beat up on the side of the road. He was interrupted by a guy who was beat up on the side of the road and decided to be interruptible instead of going on about his business, doing whatever important thing he had to do like the other guys who moved forward. He said, no, I'm gonna stop, right? And I'm going to serve here. Reminds me of the story, right? The young man opens the door for the woman, right. right? And she says, I don't need you to open the door for me because I'm a woman. And he said, I didn't open the door for you because you're a woman. I opened the door for you because I'm a gentleman, Right? If that service is in us, if that value is in us, it's not so much dictated by, by the circumstance of the person around us, it's dictated by the character and the life and the love that's within us. Yeah. Yeah. So we will be interruptible. Yeah. Right? The, the second type of service that I want to talk about is that aspect of the fact that there's some things that we're called to engage in that, that we can't accomplish by ourselves. We have to do it together. This is one of the, 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 the great testimonies of what's taking place among the congregations in Sonoma County through the help that you guys have supported. Sonoma County Churches United Relief didn't exist before the fires. And yet we recognized we can't do this by ourselves, right? There's some problems you, you think about like a, a big rock, right? And we recognize that You know, if there's a rock here that weighs 400 pounds, I'm not moving it by myself. But here's the thing, just getting three or four people around me to try and lift that rock, if we're not lifting together, it doesn't matter if I've got one or four, if we're all doing it in our own timing, we're not moving that rock. But if we will come together for that purpose, we can accomplish something together we never could have alone. Thirdly, consistency in service. There, there's some things that just aren't fixed in a moment. Can I tell you something? The chaos that happened in our community was so disruptive for some lives and, and impacted uh, some people so much. I mean, this is just, and this is what you gave to, this, this type of world I'm talking about with the church. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, we were a year after the fires, we discovered a gentleman, an older gentleman, who his dentures were burned up in the fire. He's been going for a year without dentures. We just got them for him because we just connected with him. It, there's been so much chaos that, and so much need that it's over time that, that some of these things are, are just seen. So I want to share with you some stories. These are meant to inspire Right? To be oxygen for the soul of, of NBCC, to encourage you of some of what's going on, because I am so thrilled for the service that's going to be taking place. I am so blessed that you would, that you would take a morning and to, to get out in the community in the way that you are. One of the things we did when the fires hit is that we uh, started a program. We knew we wanted to walk uh, beside fire survivors because we knew that while there was going to be a lot of initial activity that um, the experts were telling us that that the church needs to be there for the long haul. Can you say long haul with me? All right, so I got a graph for you here. Um, And uh, you see this. This is, uh, you'll see this in uh, a lot of, of um, kind of expert stuff around disasters. And this is what, what happens when the disaster hits. I talk about the whole community like going into action to meet the need. There's this response. They call it the heroic response where actually right? Actually, in the community, there's a huge boost of energy and togetherness and hopefulness. And, you know, for us, it was, you know, uh, Sonoma Strong, right? We get that. And, and so there was a lot of Sonoma Strong stuff, right, going on. And then that spike that went up for about the first 60 days uh, of people just putting stuff aside, we all got interrupted and we all pitched in to help. But I got to tell you something, you don't build 5,300 homes back, In sixty days. In fact, a year later, when we had that one-year anniversary, about one percent of the homes that were destroyed had been rebuilt. One percent had been rebuilt and reoccupied. And we're going to move. We're going to move faster than that. That that percentage is, you know, going to be going up quickly in the next couple months. But we could still have hundreds of homes not built a year from now. And so what happens is there begins this long descent. They call it the the season of disillusionment. And it's in that time when the news trucks have gone and all the relief logos have left the community that there's got to be some people left for the long haul recovery, right? There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go somewhere fast, go by yourself. You want to go somewhere far? Go together. This community has needed the church to come alongside it for the long haul. And so we did that. We created a program where we're not only offering practical needs and micro grants up to about $7,500 to just help people in different levels of their recovery one at a time, but we placed a person right alongside them, a couple, to come alongside that family and to walk with them in the journey so that they know that this wasn't just about us. Uh, um, throwing resources at them, but about a relationship that would come alongside them to help them in the long recovery process. We, we heard a, I saw a quote uh, right around the one year mark in the newspaper where a fire survivor was saying, the lowest point for me in this process has been how long it's taking, how slow it is. And to to have someone beside them to say yes. And so we've done that in, in a number of ways from the very beginning. One of the things I've been uh, thrilled about is the way that the, the church has been there for those who are most vulnerable in our community. Y'all heard uh, four letters put together, F-E-M-A, FEMA, all right? So uh, FEMA, in identifying some of the, the most vulnerable people in our community uh, who we didn't know where they would end up, they provided housing for them in the form of trailers. And so there's a, our uh, Soma County uh, RV park where we've had uh, well over a hundred FEMA trailers. It's a new neighborhood. There's a new neighborhood brought in Sonoma County. And from the very beginning, the church was there with resources provided for us by NBCC. We were there as they would show up and we would have a, a kit, just a, a move-in kit. <clears throat> wasn't everything they needed, but it was something, kitchen, bed, bath things, and, and some gift cards just saying, look, Um, we know this is not where you want to be, but we want to do everything we can for it to feel like home for you. And so we gave that to them. We helped them in the move-in process. And then it was interesting. We didn't plan on this, but as we were relating to them, as we were hearing from them, one of the things we heard was, wow, this water tastes terrible, right? Because it comes into their trailer through a hose. not so bad for a shower or doing your dishes, but you know what it is. You taste that water through a hose. And so we said, you know what? We're going to get them water that tastes good. And so from the very beginning, when people started living in the trailers, we started coming every week, giving them a week's supply of water. We're still doing it. I was there yesterday. Every week since the fires, the church has been there. Week in and week out. Just saying, here's some, here's some water for you. Here's, here's something. And, and really, it's become early on. You know, it's just interesting. People are just like, no, there's someone else who needs it more than me. You know, and they're living in the FEMA. They've been, they've been identified as the most, someone needs it more than me. Then door opens a little bit. Yep, okay, thank you. Door shuts. There's something about being faithful, something about being consistent. There's a verse here I just wanna look at and I'll come back to the rest of the story. Matthew 5, 15 and 16 says this, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed. On a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your good deeds say good deeds, good deeds. Good deeds. We said good works in Timothy. But I and tell you in the Greek, those two words, good deeds are the exact same words as first Timothy 618. And there it says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will pray, praise your heavenly father. Now, just before that. We see this it says a lamp is placed say placed. placed placed like placed like given an address and we knew that our lamp was placed at that FEMA village it was placed this the same way you have identified a couple of elementary schools say so you know what our MBCC lamp we are placed in that spot we're not just here for a thing. We, this is a place for us to shine. This is a place that needs some light. This is a place that needs some love. This is a place where we're going to walk alongside them for the long haul. And so we made that commitment. Door begins to open longer. Now, given that water is just a formality for how are you doing? What's going on in your life? They begin to open their hearts, not just about the fires, but about family. We get a chance to pray with them. I think one of my favorite times was, was, was a, a gentleman who we'd been building relationship with and we opened the door and every time we just say, hey, you know, thank you for sharing, can we pray with you? No, 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 right? A few months later, he says, look, here's the deal. I'm an atheist, but I gotta tell you, I really need prayer today. Will you come alongside me? Will you pray for God to move in my life? Beautiful. Begin to, to see the knees. I, I told you, you heard from the story, we're going trailer to trailer. And I'm saying, this is not good enough. The, the trailers are, are so small that if, that, that, uh, let's say uh, uh, a grandparent couldn't have their kids and grandkids come share a meal with them. And so... And it's been a hard process working through the government. We worked through the government and said, no, we're, we're bringing a change to this space. We've been able to create a community gathering space, beautiful little uh, gathering area, a nice, uh, you know, change of the ground from the gravel and tables and chairs. And, and I was out there for two and a half hours. Uh, yesterday they were out there for two and a half hours just being a community together, giving a place to draw them together. The church has created a place for support. We've been going to the schools. I I got a call early in the process and the, the assistant superintendent said, You know, uh, the school's gonna be closed for a while. The shelters are not a great place for the kids to be, you know, day after day. Do You think the churches would consider opening the doors and providing free childcare for the students of our community until we can get the schools up and going. We said yes, we flung the door open. And and this is amazing for me. I don't know what it sounds like for you, but if you, on that week, if you went to the the website for the Santa Rosa uh, Unified School District, on the very landing page. It said, go to these churches with your kids. <laughs> that was awesome, right? And, and so we were, we were able to help in that way, and, and, and the church served in such a way that the school district actually created a new position, a liaison between the schools and the churches. Wow. And so for this year, we've been working with them. It's been so cool. I remember one time the liaison call. He said, look, we've got 100 students who lost their homes in the fire, who've started a support group together, and we're just looking for a way to encourage them. It's just absolutely beautiful. You think the churches would be willing to buy lunch for these students? Actually, that's a bit of an ask. I'm sorry. No, I'm just teasing. Of course, right? Yes. Of course. And it was so cool. As they would say, do you know just down the street from that school, there's a pastor who used to be a fireman? Let's do this. Let's have lunch delivered by fire truck. Let's get some first responders there to sit with these kids, let them share stories and and be together and and let's let the firemen celebrate the kids. You know, and we talked about it. We said, you know, we're going to keep the news cameras away. The the superintendent want to be there. We just keep them away. Let them have a time so they're not a spectacle, but it's actually a connection that happens there. Later in the year, you know, the fires were in October. And, and like I said, we're, we're working our way through that disillusionment. We said, we, we, we can't just move on into summer. Like, everything's better. And so um, through, through the resources that have been given, we were able to create summer kits, right? Because all of a sudden, families are remembering, oh man, all our beach towels were destroyed in the fire. And I don't have swim shorts anymore. And just all this stuff, and, and, and we wanted to let them know, even though they wanted to be in the house they lost, it, that we were with them, and we want to be a great summer. So we were able to provide 500 students with summer kits that we, that we gave out of that time. It was just absolutely beautiful. And, and the, the, list, the list goes on. Let me, um, let me encourage you with this and challenge you with this. When... Um, When these fires hit, there were a number of us as pastors that thought, you know, it's going to be a lot of people coming to church as a result of these fires. This was something that God was going to use to call the community back to the church. And um, and we've seen some come, but that wasn't what God was doing at all. (laughs) God was using the fires to call the church back to the community was using the fires to call the church back to the community. Because that's where he wants us. He's placed us in the community to be source of life and good. I love the fact that there's a Sunday coming up where you know where you're going to be the church. Your worship gathering is going to be out in the community, living out the values that God has placed in your heart, expressing the love that God has placed in your heart. Next Sunday, I'm thrilled as we continue this outreach that I'm going to be in a room like this with a big stained glass window like that, but all the chairs are going to be moved out, and in their place, place are going to be dental stations in the sanctuary as we're doing a free dental and optical health clinic for the needy in our community, many of whom lost their homes in the fire, because God's calling the church back to the community, and we're doing this together. I thank you for standing with us. I thank you for being with us in this journey we 're just getting started. next week we 're submitting papers for the first of what will be many volunteer home builds, because there's people in our community who have found out that they 're not going to be able to, to be in the property they want to be. it 's for a woman in her 60s, she 's a widow. She did not know that she had let her home insurance expire. And so when her home was destroyed in the fire. She goes to her insurance company and say, you haven't had a policy for seven months. There's nothing we can do for you. There's something the church can do for her. We're going to build her a home. We are going to build her a home. And there's other stories like that. I've talked about how this service works out and being interruptible in being connected to others that can help you in that journey, being part of a bigger thing, and in being consistent. And um, I, I wanna encourage you that I, I really believe these big dreams that we're called to, they're unlocked with prayer. So, so much they're unlocked with prayer. And maybe you find yourself, you just recognize, man, I don't let myself be interrupted. I'm so busy doing my thing or, or maybe there's fear or whatever. I, I find myself walking past the good the, the, the person in need more than I than I should I want to tell you don't get condemned ask God to work in your heart begin to pray for your community for me I'm standing here this morning because God through a police officer he, he he challenged me that I was indifferent to the real needs in my community. And I committed to him that I'd just start praying for my community. It was amazing. As I started praying for my community, I started paying attention to the local part of the newspaper a lot more than the sports page. And God began to get me informed and connected. And prayer began to unlock dreams for my community so that when the moment came, I could be available an incredible moment of opportunity to be salt and light. So I want to encourage you not just to sign up to serve, but to invite God to to connect you to the people, to connect you to the places, to connect you to the issues so that you can be an instrument of change in your community because God has called the church to be a blessing to the community. It's where we belong. Thank you so much, NBCC, for this morning.